Grace, mercy, and peace to each of you in our God's holy name. Amen. Most everyone gathered here today probably knew Lynn better than I did. I was blessed to meet her just a couple weeks ago. But in meeting with her that day in the hospital, and then sitting down with the family yesterday, I feel like I understand some of the things that were important to her. First, she treasured children. She showed that first by staying home to raise Joe and Peter. She continued to show that each day as she taught and shaped many children as a first grade teacher. And then after retiring, she continued to show her love for children as she placed her eyes and her love upon her grandchildren and the ways that she could shape them and love them. She understood the importance of children and loved being around them. Perhaps she had such a connection to them because she also had a bit of a childlike spirit about herself. Her family shared with me that she had some of that childlike joy and hope that children have long after her child years were past. She carried that childlike spirit right into adulthood and into all of the places God called her to serve. It made her able to connect very easily with the children that she was teaching, and it certainly was a blessing to her husband, her children, and then their children. You know, many people believe that any characteristic that a child has is one that should be put away with age. But Lynn did not believe that. She didn't give up a lot of those characteristics. And you know, as we heard in our reading from the Gospel of Luke, Jesus also believed that some of the characteristics of children should not ever be lost, especially when it comes to our faith. We heard how people were trying to bring to Jesus these children, that he might touch them and bless them. The disciples thought it probably wasn't worth Jesus' time, but not Jesus. He instead demanded that those little ones be brought to him so that he could bless them and pray for them. No, he did not share the assumption that children were just there to not be seen. He did this because he genuinely loved those children, just as he loved the entire world. But he also did it because he wanted to make a point about his kingdom. He wanted to make very clear to all that were watching that the only way one could receive his kingdom was to receive it with childlike humility. Jesus said that no one who thought they were worthy of the kingdom would receive it. Only those who knew they were not worthy would receive it. Only those who looked humbly to him in faith. Little children have that wonderful way of trusting others so completely. Their past experiences are not grand. They haven't learned to overthink everything. And so they have a wonderful way of trusting others and just receiving gifts 
with great joy. And indeed, that is the kind of trust that Christ assures us that we must have to receive his kingdom. We must not think that we will receive his kingdom because of our own efforts. Rather, in full recognition of our sinfulness, we must simply receive the gifts that he gives us. We must receive them with childlike trust and joy. We rejoice that he loves us so much that he lived for us, that he died for us, and that he rose for us. I was blessed to hear Lynn confess her faith in Jesus. She confessed that she understood that her walk, like all of ours, was not perfect. She knew that she needed his saving and his care. And she also knew that it was God who would be the one who would have to take care of her family after she was no longer there to do it. Caretakers, caregivers like Lynn, they don't like giving up that role for one minute. But unfortunately, Lynn knew that that role was going to be taken away from her. And so she told me she knew that if anyone could take care of her family, it was God. And she was right. For all of you gathered here today, it's quite important that you not leave here without this truth. God has always been taking care of you. And yes, for many years, he used Lynn to do many things for you. But just because she is gone does not mean that God has forsaken you. He will continue to take care of you. He wishes to care for you in his church, where he gives constant comfort and forgiveness and life because of the work of his son Jesus on the cross. It was interesting to me that the other thing I learned that Lynn treasured, besides little children, was antiques. She liked the newest of people, it seemed, and the oldest of things. That was a love that Dan and her shared together. And it was a love that ended up causing them to open a small business focused on antiques, and they gave them the fuel to renovate their beautiful home. Dan said that they grew to love quality old things. Well, today, we place before our own eyes the most quality old thing there has ever been. As the old hymn said, we place our eyes on that old, rugged cross. For you see, that is the thing that will get us through a day like this and the days that are to come. Some in our modern age would like to say that the proclamation of Jesus' salvation is so traditional that it just needs to be thrown out with the trash. But it's on a day like this, when death stares us right in the face, that we understand that that message is never out of date. It is never irrelevant. It is the source of all of our thoughts that we gather today. Yes, today we take that old rugged cross and we put it before our eyes. We put that one who hung upon the cross before our eyes. And unlike many of the things that Dan has put together throughout the years, this is one old thing that doesn't need any renovation. It just needs to simply be put out so that we can see it clearly.
And that's why we're gathered here in church today. That Jesus' death and resurrection might be put before our eyes. In order that our grief might be tempered with hope and with joy. Yesterday, Joe, you shared with me that memory from your childhood about your mom. He told me that when they would go to bed at night, they would often ask their mom, what's the surprise for tomorrow? And then Lynn would take something that was probably already on the schedule for tomorrow, but explain it in a rather lively way. That way they could go to bed excited to meet the next new day. Well, today let us ask God that same question. God, what is the surprise for tomorrow? For he has a wonderful answer. Tomorrow, he says, Lynn will be raised up from the dead. Tomorrow, you will see her again. Tomorrow, you will dwell with her and with Christ and with all who believe. For you see, Jesus has conquered death for Lynn and for you and for me. As we abide in him, we have this blessed tomorrow to look forward to. Oh, I know on a day like today, we wish that tomorrow was really tomorrow in our reckoning of time. But know that Jesus has assured us that the day is coming soon. And that it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when. So today, amidst all of your sorrow, be a little childlike today. Receive the promises of God with a childlike spirit. Not doubting or overthinking it, but just believing in the words that he speaks to you. Let Jesus be the joy that you will look forward to tomorrow with. Know that because Lynn died confessing her desire to have the things of Christ, this is not the end of her story. For she is connected to the everlasting story of God and his people. Wait for that surprise that God has promised. For when God makes a promise, it is rock solid. It's rock solid because Jesus has already made it certain through his death and his resurrection. And so leave here this day believing this. Tomorrow, God's tomorrow, Lynn shall rise again. Amen.